I hope everybody grabs this today, man. This is what can yeah. make or break you from accelerating your life. What's shaking? This is Rick Jordan. Welcome back to the All In Podcast. And I am here with Alex Greenwood today. Alex, what's up? Uh, not a whole lot. Just a global pandemic, dealing with that, trying to make a living. You know, the usual. You're not sarcastic at all, are you? <laughs> just just a little bit. Let me get it out of my system, Rick, and then I'll get right to the positivity. I no, promise. No, dude, drive it home for real. I, I, I love <laughs> my, my grandmother, right? It, it was great. The, I, it's fun, funny when you bring family stories into it. My grandmother, I actually officiated her funeral when she was 93 years old. So just She lived an amazing life. Even up until that year, she was bowling three times a week. But her sarcasm was handed down to me. It kind of skipped a generation a little bit, you know, maybe with my mother. But then and her brothers and everything, it's fun because my grandmother and two of her brothers and I would all get around and make fun of my mom when I was in my teenage years. <laughs> they taught me well. My mom didn't really appreciate it. She's an awesome woman. I love her to pieces, man, but we had a lot of fun kind of at her expense a little bit. But we just got along well that way, myself and my extended family. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah, that's that's so good. It's good, that, that whole genetic thing there, too. And it sharpens you up for the real world. You know, a little bit of, you know, good making fun. A little good-hearted making fun. For sure is, it does. So. Absolutely. Yeah, they yeah. gave me just as hard of a time, too, but then I would just <laughs> give it back. I mean, it just made sense. It was a there lot of go. fun, man. So we're going to talk about some fun stuff today and some things that are even top of mind for me because there's a lot that you look at this past year, you know, what's shaken down. And I hate bringing it back to this, but I haven't really had this conversation yet, which is interesting because I know that, you know, I use a branding agency. I'm in the process of actually bringing on like a, a real hardcore PR firm right now too and interviewing everybody, you know, and I had people running ad campaigns, a different firm at the time. And so many people have pulled back on marketing and PR this year. Yeah. You know, whereas tell me about it. <laughs> I, I, I know. Whereas I've looked at it, it's like, well, this is the time to double down. I'm accelerating. I'm spending more money on this. I'm devoting more money to marketing, more money to PR because I see an opportunity to grow and it's where I'm at in this life, anyways. And I ex accelerated most of my plans. But, you know, there's that thing, and I'd love to dive into this, man. But first, can I ask you, because there's so many different definitions of this, right? What does public relations really mean to you? Well, uh, I've been doing this for 27 years, okay? Uh, obviously, I started when I was about 13. But I view public relations, it's a very simple thing. I don't like to get all highfalutin about it. We tell stories. We help you identify what is most newsworthy, most interesting, most sticky, if you will, about your story. That, to me, is public relations strategy. That's what I do. That's incredible because when I've spoken with people, uh, there's sometimes difficulties that I have. I can tell what I do, but it's very difficult for me to condense that into something that's easily consumable by most people. Well, Rick, I told you it took me 27 years to come up with that. So. <laughs> this is going to be a fantastic show. I love it. <laughs> I hope that's not I Rick's euphemism for yeah. no, no, I'm loving it. <laughs> this, Rick, what you just heard was version 457. That's what you, heard, you know. I've honed it in over these past 27 years. I want to hear the first version of that statement, though. You still have it somewhere. <laughs> it, it was voluminous. I'll tell you that it took forever because I was, yeah, that first year I didn't know what I was doing. Does anybody know what they're doing the 
first year anyway. Oh, hell no. No, not at all. Exactly. That's part of the fun. So over 27 years, you know, what what have you seen? Because there's things, there's trends, right? There's p- different trends mm. in PR and marketing because social media did not even exist 27 years ago, yeah, like you're talking right. about. You know, what have you seen that's sort of been very strategic that really has just lived out through those entire 27 years? The, the, the through line that's still there, it's still the storytelling. It really is. The thing that gets the attention of, I mean, the, most of our job as in public relations is about getting the attention of the news media. That's a good chunk of it. There's also about things about creating messaging that works for all your other stakeholders. But the one constant, Rick, that I have seen through 27 years of this is that the better the story and the better the story is told, the better your chance of controlling the narrative, which as you well know, controlling the narrative for your brand is what you want to do for your success. Am I right? So public relations has grown. The tools have changed. You are very apt to mention social media. I I am still, I am old enough to remember, oh, here we go. Back when dinosaurs walked the earth, my first job actually was not in public relations. I was a journalist for a number of years, small town newspaper editor, brief stint at the Tulsa the world newspaper on the beat and that kind of thing. Um, But I can remember though that uh, as an editor, we would get press releases in the mail. I used to dread the mailman because we get stacks and stacks of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Well then, about, I don't know, a few years into that, fax machines were a big deal. Anybody remember fax machines? Oh my gosh. I can remember my brother, he was at another paper and uh, used to tease him. I used to tape the, uh, the the paper together and I'd put some messages I can't repeat on a family show on it and it would be on a continuous loop because it would go through the fax machine over and over. <laughs> my, my, my brother, like he did, he never understood how I, I had explained it to him. Anyway, the, anyway, sorry. The post office still believes in a fax machine. I had to fax something to the post office the other day. Are you kidding? I'm dead serious, man. And I'm like, what am I going to do here? I had to sign up for another e-fax account because I shut it down two years ago because I hadn't faxed anything in five years prior to that. Oh but then gosh. they're like, you need to fax us this request along with a copy of your ID and then sign it at the bottom, okay? So oh, what man. I did is I called my assistant and said, figure this out. Here's my license. Do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, that's executive thinking right there. Yeah, right. I like that. And he so, goes, Rick, so this we... was way too easy to figure out. <laughs> 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 well, that's where we are with so the faxes change. And then we went from there and to email and I'll never forget my gosh like I remember the first day I had email and that by then I was in public relations and I didn't understand what reply all meant <laughs> I, I replied to 240 people been there yeah thankfully it was nothing untoward but so I learned that so all the tools have changed and now we have social media where we can actively pitch stories via social media to reporters and it's also changed and I don't have to get too deep in this if you're not interested in this but it's also changed the way reporting and news production is gone because now it's so the news industry is so very uh, under the gun because of changes and you know newspapers are just barely hanging on that they're, they're they're fighting for clicks so they are now really more social media sta- savvy about the way they interact with the public and with other people and it's actually afforded pr people in some instances an opportunity to make a new alliance with the news people which is it's very interesting so it's 27 years i've seen a lot of changes but your story any good and is it being told well
For sure. Yeah, the, the story, you're right, the tools have changed, but that's really all you see, at least in the good ads on social media, you're seeing a story that's there. You know, and even yeah. long form, because everyone's thinking, oh, you know, for, at least for sales copy, you know, the original sales letter that used to be direct mail, right, has now turned into this entirely long post after you click read more <laughs> on a Facebook ad or something like that. And it's, it actually works, though, because I find myself in this, and I've, I even found myself now not just sales copy, but writing emails this way to where I don't really have paragraphs anymore. And it's almost mm-hmm. like telling the story and it's conversational in how I write mm-hmm. the email. I'll, I'll always yeah. say, I'll always have a hook when I write the email and I'm not a copyright man. Uh, you know, I'll always write what I need from that person in the very first sentence. And then right. it goes on to tell the story really of why. And it's not paragraphs. They're almost like single sentences that just go down with two line breaks in between. And mm-hmm. I, I get replies so fast that way, man. It's incredible. Because it's just conversation. It's telling a story, even in a stupid email saying, I need your tax returns for last year or whatever it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And the thing I found too, besides telling a good story in the way you're, that's smart that you found a way that works for your stakeholders and people you're trying to reach, is also the one thing I've learned over the years too is, and being a former journalist, I knew this, but it's one thing I always have to really work on with my messaging is, well, and this will probably resonate with you, Rick, because this should resonate with every listener who's in business, actually. But public relations people in particular, when we're dealing with the media, the, the number one thing besides a good story is don't waste a reporter's time. Don't yeah. waste an editor or producer's time. Yeah. Do not send a voluminous, long uh, email. What are you, so what you're, you just reminded me of that when you're talking about how you're structured some of your emails. There's times when I just put name of the reporter, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, and say, if you want to know more, hit me back. And they appreciate that usually because, um, or I'll put a link to where they can find out more, but they don't have time. They don't want to make time to read every press release they get. Imagine what I said earlier about being a small town newspaper uh, editor and getting dozens of press releases every day. Imagine how many they get in email form every day, hundreds, depending on the outlet. For TV producers, when I pitch TV uh, producers too with segment proposals, you know, it's just that. It's like, here's my three talking points. You like it? Awesome. Right, because right, how long is your segment? I do a segment once a month locally on TV here, and it's a, it, at best a four-minute segment. Exactly. And they always ask me, what three things can you tell us to share with the audience that they can't find anywhere else or that, that'll be interesting? And if you can't figure those things out, you got no business going on TV. you got <laughs> to figure sure. out. Right? So I'm totally with you on that. And that's, that's how it's operating as in PR. It's, it's very interesting times. Yeah. You know what taught me the art of doing this is, is not anything PR-related at all. Because in cybersecurity, one of the, the verticals that I ended up landing in was law firms legal and when you're dealing with lawyers that are trying you know 20 30 50 million dollar personal injury cases you know i'm not talking the ambulance changes i'm talking the ones that do birth injuries or you know the doctor where he comes in to do a brain surgery and he forgets to tighten the halo and the head drops off the back of the table these types of law firms you know are the ones that i work with because the doctor was still drunk when he walked in you know that that type of case and when you're dealing with high profile individuals like that that are really hardcore going after it and really trying to help the victims, they don't have time to read anything else besides what you want and maybe one or two reasons why you want that. And that's it. You know, and then yeah. you get the quick responses like you were talking, we were talking about podcast guests, right? The ones that just say yes and no. Those are the types of responses that you get. But I'm sure you find the same thing, even with like TV producers and everything like that. It's quite that simple. You know, as long as you're just quick, clear and concise and it doesn't appear like you're wasting their time, they're going right. to get back to you immediately and very concisely. Rick, that's 
See, you should be in my line of work. You yeah. you package things so very well, my friend. That's well, really true. You. you know, and that's that's one thing too is that that I try to get across to my clients too. The other thing is 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 it important? You you touched on this. Is it newsworthy? I have clients who say to me, "Okay, got to get this in the paper. Got to get this. Okay, what is it? Well, we 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 got a new website." I'm like, "Okay, and Woo-hoo. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. my god." Um, and I said, "Okay, and." Is it also a time machine? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Will it chop my vegetables while I'm reading the newspaper? Maybe and I don't dinner? know. AI, right? It it starts mm-hmm. to, to no, what do you that think? flippy guy, the burger thing. But you know, I'm asking, what is it? Well, no, but it's it's a cool website. I'm like, well, that's great. That is cool. And you know what you're going to do with that? You're going to launch that site and you're going to share it on your social media. And we're not going to bother people at the Business Journal about it because it's not news. It's the same thing that, or you know, Steve down in paper folding got promoted to director of paper folding. That's great. But unless they're a mover and a shaker, unless they're a CEO, right? Unless they're somebody that people know, that's also generally not something I would waste a reporter's time pitching. But but, but the problem is, and it's not a problem even, it's just an education thing I have to do with clients. And and I get this because everybody's their own hero. Everybody is self-centered. And I don't mean that in a negative way. We're focused on our thing. So I occasionally have to be um, you know, that guy just say, well, unless we find something really interesting about this, probably it's a press release we can send out, but don't don't be upset with me if it doesn't get picked up or, you know, that kind of thing. So I have to do a lot of education of my clients in general about that, because just to get back to what you're saying, this is how I, this is my credibility here. If I keep coming to reporters with with fluff or stuff that they can't use, they're not they're going to stop taking my calls. And that's very deadly for a PR professional who deals with the media. No joke. I mean, a PR firm is really only as good as the relationships that they have, right? And you've spent time and and money to build those relationships up. That's what makes a good PR firm over a bad PR firm, you know, because there's those, that's what makes a good lawyer over a bad lawyer. (laughs) It's the cases that they take, right? (laughs) You know, just like you, it's the stories that you take. And, you know, it's interesting because even when you're talking about the new website, because I see some vendors that, that my companies engage with and you're talking about the website it's like they will send me out an email saying hey we got a pretty shiny new website and i'm just saying like well who cares i never go to it anyways you know (laughs) what does it matter because you haven't integrated that into any process of your business whether it's sales or customer relations i have no idea what this thing is going to do for me so why do i even care if it was still 10 years old or if you just refresh it now what's it going to do for me you know, I just, it's funny, I just refreshed mine too because WordPress was, was just a bear updating every time it would crash because I had such a customized site. So I paid somebody to go in there and fix it. And I remember I was telling a colleague and she said, well, are you going to like put an announcement or something? I'm like, why? <laughs> just like you said. I said, it's there for people who actually, you know who sees my website? Unless you go to my blog, you know who sees it? It's people who Google looking for public relations, crisis communications, yeah, Kansas yep. City. That's it. Yeah. And so, so, I mean, that's a good example. I don't want to torture people for, for being excited about it. I mean, because I also know what what hell on earth it can be to go through to change a website and update it and all that stuff. And you're so excited and you want to tell everybody, but save it for your newsletter, save it for your email list. For sure. It's into, I'm, a, I'm a little different story and everybody is pushing right now for a refresh for me because if you Google Rick Jordan, I am the top, I am the first page. You know, it's a little bit different of a story, but you know, what's interesting is that everyone's like, oh, you must have had like a magic SEO company help you with that, you know, or PR. And I sa- said, no, nobody helped me with that. I started booking myself on TV and then they would link back to my website. So PR, what you do can be an amazing tool to start jumpstarting things like SEO and get other people 
people to find you just by Googling you. That's another thing that I've found out too. So for me, it's important for me to have a fancy, updated, fresh website every year to 18 months because that's literally how people find me, my personal brand, and start to learn everything about me, including TV producers, you know, or other people, you know, so it's this reciprocating effect all around. Rick, and I, I did go, I, I got to admit, I breezed by your, your new site, but do you, do you have video of you on the site? And I do. There's sh- a scenes from the show? Yep. So, so that's so smart. Can I just break that out as a tip to listeners yeah, real quick? Because do. Go for if, it. Yep. If, if you want a shot to get on TV, like, like I do, like Rick does, um, producers, especially if you're new and they don't know who you are, they want you to audition and they don't have time for you to come in and audition. They want to go, look, do you have, they always ask, do you have any tape on this guy? And it's, I say, here, here's a YouTube link. Go look. Here's Rick. He's great, isn't he? Oh, yeah, I want that guy. But if there's no video of you out there that you can share, and I'm not talking about your kid's birthday party. I'm talking about you being interviewed or talking in a good business situation. You got it's it. going to be hard. So I tell people all the time, some clients, I say, look, until we can get you those appearances, why don't I video you giving a little talk or doing a little fake interview with me? I don't want to say fake. I don't mean to like we're going to pretend like it was a TV interview, but we'll just say, here's just an interview with... Steve Smith talking about his business. Here's some tips for you. And then we can use that at least so the producers understand that, yeah, he's not going to get on TV and give one word answers. For sure. Exactly. And that's, that's another, t- I've had media training, you know, but I've also been public speaking for many years too. And I, um, I did find out that the public speaking skills that I have, because I can fill just like a podcast, man, I can fill hours of time just by like three bullet points. It's that way. But I found it was even a completely different skill set with doing a four minute segment that and it was trying to spend an hour on a stage and trying to condense all that into where you're not trying to come up with one word answers and you're not trying to be able to just expand on every little point because all of a sudden it is just four minutes and that breezes by so quick, man. It's an interesting, almost yeah. like a rush. Oh, yeah. It's, I, I always have so much fun and I love it when the interviewer is somebody who, who likes to play a little bit and um, isn't so, uh, you know, hidebound by, okay, these are the bullet points you submitted and they can take in different directions. Although there's some mornings when I haven't had enough coffee and I'm like, oh, here we go. But it's, it's, it's a, it is a rush and boy, I'm awake after that interview for sure, I'll tell you that. But it's good. I recommend everybody try it at least once or twice. Some people just can be decent at it, but they don't like it. They don't want to be on TV. They don't want to be on the radio. They don't want to be on a podcast and I respect that. But I always tell my clients, Let's work you through it. You might find you have a, a real talent for it, and it's going to be beneficial for you and your brand. For sure. And someone like you, you can really help out with generating those assets, too, because those are assets you're going to need for positioning. And after that, that's when you really start to broadcast those into some kind of brand awareness or something like that. What are some quick tips that you have, if you're even just starting from scratch or whatever, just to build brand awareness? Well, first of all, let's go back to story, right, Rick? Okay, what's your story? What do you do? You know, So if you are... I'll use an example that's a little challenging. If you are one of the best uh, insurance agents in your town and you want everybody to know you're the best insurance agent in town, well, I got I got some great news for you. Uh, well, I got some bad news first. You're an insurance agent, and that's going to be hard because people find insurance. I'm, I'm not knocking it, but people find insurance to be ho-hum. It's something I don't want to think about. It's something I'm glad I have if something happens, but typically I don't want to think about it. And, you know, it's a bill I have to pay that I don't like paying because, you know, it's one of those things you don't see every day. Okay. But here, I got some good news for you too. In your hip pocket, you have a TV station, you have a radio station, 
you have a newspaper. Rick already knows where I'm going here. You have all of your own media in your own pocket. And it can be as small as your smartphone or big as your laptop or your desktop computer. If you can learn to use some social media tools, you can become credible and you can build brand awareness in a great way. And I want to tell you, the main, main thing you need to do, though, is don't sell to people share with people, offer them advice. And I this is not original to me, obviously, but offer advice, offer credible information. Um, it's kind of like the, the inbound marketing model, which is what it really is, where instead of advertising and pushing information out to try to get people to hire you, you are pulling people in by say, let's say you're an insurance agent, you write a blog post on why you need to get insurance for your boat before this this summer season or you know those kinds of little little things like that find the things that are interesting to people post that on your blog promote that on social media pull people in and it takes time but once you get down the road and if you're consistent with it you're going to start to find that like rick you might be searchable down the road but also you can push people to it and when they do see it it's going to give you instant credibility and it's going to add your brand awareness and then the next thing you know you're going to maybe get asked to be on tv because you're going to what you're going to have some youtube video of you talking that maybe you can use or maybe you're going to be asked to speak to the rotary club or kiwanis club you're going to start to find those opportunities and one last point on this is that I started doing this when I started my own agency. It'll be 11 years ago in January. I just started blogging like crazy. Now, blogging has fallen out of fashion for a lot of people because video is so much easier. But like you, Rick, I, th this is how I built my SEO is I blog for almost 11 years straight. So wow. I'm pretty well, findable. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And when I, when I moved that website over, the main thing I said to those folks was, I do not want a word of that blog missing when you move everything over. And they didn't. So it was great. So sorry for the, the long answer, but that's those are the things you need to do. Those are the main tips to get rolling to building brand awareness. Yeah, those assets are huge, though. That's really the first step. And then you can jump into everything that you're talking about. Because if you build brand awareness, or you're trying to build brand awareness, what are you going to do if you're just putting a picture of yourself out there? Versus, yeah. you know, if for cybersecurity for me, if it's, a, if it's a brand awareness campaign and I have a frame grab of me on Fox 5 with my lower third saying, Rick Jordan, cybersecurity expert, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. that, that's credibility right there. Right. Yeah, that's that's third party credibility right there. That's the whole part about media, too. It's, it's earned media is what we call it in our, my neck of the woods and, the, and my part of the business. It's called earned media. And the, and the way it's earned is you like Rick, you're like you, you're offering something to their viewers or their listeners or the readers in return for that airtime. And it's just a human nature thing to say, oh, well, he's on TV. He knows stuff. Um, and it, it's true. So it's it's something you can work for. And so I would advise everybody starting out is don't get frustrated. Don't. Don't freak out if you're not on TV right away. But as Rick said, build those assets up so that when the time comes, when that opportunity hits, you're going to be prepared. Those are great times, too, when you do those things. And I, yeah. I enjoy it every single time I go on. And it's been, a, it's been a ride, too, because you start to break into some of the top 10 markets, and then you get even more credibility, more visibility. Yeah. There's something key that you said that I want to emphasize. Because any time you were saying, just bring the value, don't sell. There's never been once, and I have almost three dozen TV appearances now over the past two years, You know, some in top 10 markets, and it's, it's great. It's such a natural thing now. I remember the first one, I look back at my media of all time. Like, man, did I suck <laughs> when I look at that. And now everything's just so natural. But still, from the very first time to the last appearance that I did just a couple weeks ago via Zoom, you know, I was in Chicago and I was on, on TV in San Antonio, Texas. From the very last appearance that I did, I never sold once. 
I never plugged myself or anything else when I was on TV. And this is extremely important too, even if you're speaking on stage, if you're doing a virtual conference and you're a speaker, you know, unless there's a pitch spot there when you're speaking in person, like in a couple of weeks, actually in a week and a half here, I'm going to be speaking to the Atlanta Chamber of Commerce. I mean, it's a big city. And they wow. said last week that we want you here in person because we had 30 people, 30 people, that's it, here in person. Oh, but we had 450 online virtually that that showed up in the Atlanta Chamber of Commerce. So you're really talking that's a 500-person event yeah, that you're speaking absolutely. to. And the only thing that I intend to do is bring every piece of knowledge and fire hose them <laughs> with value. And then at the end, it's just, if you have questions, here's how you contact me. Text message yeah. me, you know, whatever it is, because I, I, I use a text message platform to, to increase communication and engagement too. Nice. To where they think it's me. But it's those kinds of things where I'm not even going to tell, I'm not going to say, hey, you should hire me. I'm going to say, if you want anything, if you have any questions, just get a hold of me. Here's how you do so. Hope you learned something today. I do the exact same thing. It's funny. I, I had a whole bunch, of, I was launching our crisis comm planning um, service offering this year. And of course, COVID the biggest crisis ever, right? <laughs> it's, um, so all of my speaking engagements got just KO'd and now I'm making them up on webinars. I'm doing a webinar next week. I got 95 people signed, signed up. And awesome. uh, it's so it's funny you say this because you and I have this same philosophy, I believe, because uh, um, some people call it a servant's heart philosophy too. And that, that may be, I don't know, but I, I just look at it as let's just offer the value and the, and the clients will come. So I'm gonna be doing this talk. It's 90 minutes on this webinar. The very last slide is the only time I sell myself. It's like you said, okay, that's where yeah. I'm gonna say, if you're interested in learning more or you need help with what you're doing with your crisis comp plan, here's my email, here's my phone number. That's it, because I don't I don't spend the whole thing saying this is a big commercial for me. I mean, who wants to be sold to all day? I don't, I mean, we're sold to all day anyway, right? For sure, and even in even in my talks, you know, because someone like you, and we're coming back to those assets, someone like you can help build this asset catalog that you have, even when I speak in person, if I'm working with slides, because I don't really like using slides. I prefer, mm. I, I take the Google and the Microsoft approach and the Apple approach to where my slides are really just a big photo, and if I have yeah. five points, I have five slides with barely any text or just one sentence on the slides each, with the exception of at the very beginning of my talks, whether it's virtually or in person on stage, I will have eight to 10 slides of just frame grabs of me speaking on prestigious stages, me on the NASDAQ Jumbotron, me on different TV stations. And I started out by just saying, hey, I'm just a guy who bam, 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 did all these things. <laughs> and then I go into my talk, but it's a, it's going through the PR process and you, you're never going to have those assets unless you start the PR process in the first place. And then you can deploy them in ways like we're talking right here afterwards. But you've got to start with someone like you. Well, I, I can help, and and but I you you remind me of something that I'm not as you know I when thinking about my slides, you got me thinking. Mine are a little. <laughs> there, have you ever heard of you know, the PowerPoint crutch, which is your slides are like you know. Yeah, I know this stuff upside you. down and backwards. I don't use them as notes I, at all. Not at all. I just see, know what I'm going to talk am, about, and then that's it. I just figured by the end of this year, you know, looking ahead this time last year, I thought, you know, I will get past that because I will have done this talk. I will, it'll, my stuff will be tight, you know, and, but it, thanks for reminding me of that too, because it's true. Nobody wants to read a slide. Nobody wants to hear you read a slide they can read. So now I got to go back and change a few slides before. Sorry next I messed week. you up, man. Okay. Nah, I, tell you what, I didn't think there'd be homework. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I can encourage you with that though, because I used to be the same way. And then I started thinking, you know, putting myself in the position of the, of the person in the seat, because we've all been there 
there too, attendees. And looking, I'm like, you know, why am I having to read eight bullet points on one slide? You know, yeah. and really all I see when I look on stage is the speaker, the, the presenter, looking down at the confidence monitor, just reading or looking back at the screen, just reading yeah. off the slide. And it, wh- where does the engagement go? Because it takes your, your attention off of the person and now you have to do work as an attendee. But the, so PR, the PR part of it, the only reason I have those eight to 10 slides is to immediately establish my credibility at the beginning from PR assets that I've generated over the past couple of years. And I'm telling you, it's just rapid fire, man. It's like, here's me at my movie premiere. Here's me on Fox 5 San Diego. Here's me in Washington, D.C., CBS. You know, Here's my family. Here's me on the NASDAQ Jumbotron. Here's me with my Aston Martin. You know, so, I mean, it's, it's just uh, these eight to 10 slides of just the, these credibility stats shots that are all extremely legit but you present it in a way because I start out just saying I'm just a guy you know and, and that's it even when I was at the White House a couple weeks ago that's how I presented to the Department of Defense I'm like I'm just a guy who and then that immediately establishes your credibility but it's because I've invested in the PR over the past yeah. several years in order to obtain these assets it's so I hope everybody grabs this today man this is what can yeah. make or break you from accelerating your life it, it really can, guys. It, you know, he, you know, Rick. You're obviously a talented speaker, and you're confident. You got that going for you. But you know, like you, I think alluded to, you maybe you weren't that confident years ago when you first started. You were learning. But um, the great thing about having these assets behind you, it's like Rick said. You know, click, 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 click. This is me. I'm just a guy. But look at all, yeah, just a guy. But look at all the stuff I've done. This, this is who I am. That those assets behind you. If you, especially if you're a little challenged in confidence, you can start looking at it and going, well, wait a minute. No, wait, I. They don't book you. They don't book you on TV unless if you're a complete idiot. So hey, I, I am yeah. confident. So some people need that, and I think it's important. I need it. I mean, um, it's been very helpful to me to look back on things because I don't know about you, but I mean, I have forgotten how many times I've spoken somewhere or done. And I'm not saying that like, oh, I'm such a you know big deal. I'm not. It's just that 27 years, I've forgotten all the things I've done. So it's nice to have those assets, as you call them, behind you to remind you and to build you up, especially on those days maybe when you're feeling a little like, oh, I don't know if I've got the juice today. For sure. And everybody does that. I mean, we were talking before the show. It's like I'm batching podcasts now. You know, I'm doing five a day, two days in a row. So you're talking about wow. having the juice. Like, you got to bring it every time because, I mean, 45 minute podcast five times a day, it takes a lot of energy out of you. You know, and, no. you know, if you want to talk about the real job, whoever is following me can stop following me when I say this junk because I, I don't care. It's hard work. It's really hard work because you're in a creative mode the entire time. And you know what? It, whatever. If you think my job's easy, I'm, we, you and I, you and I, Alex, are bringing value to people every single day with what we do, with your podcast, with PR, with me and my, my media and, and the businesses that I have in security. We're bringing value to people every single day. There's nobody that can take that away from us. So if we look back at our assets we've generated and it's like, yeah, I'm just a guy. Uh, maybe just a guy, but I've also done some pretty big things just as a yeah. guy. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's a great feeling. And I think one of the things too that I, you know, I, I, I'm still working on my Aston Martin, by the way. But I think I can get the Hot Wheels version, so I'm working on that. <laughs> but, but I want to tell an you, Audi can t- be just as fun <laughs> in some ways. Okay, it's not uh, just actually, as fun, but no. <laughs> are you in my head? Because I was seriously looking at an Audi a few months ago. And I, said, oh, I had an S7 then, at one point, and that was a fun car to drive, man. Is that the one with? Okay, all right, we're, we'll get off on the wrong yeah. tangent here. But I was looking at a two-seater. Is that what these? It was beautiful, and it was it was it was just gorgeous. But anyway, I. Uh, where was I going with this before we get, so you start talking about cars <laughs> yeah. and I get old. But, but no, I, I, 
shoot, I was well, going in a certain direction. Well, I have a question for you, if, if that works. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Sweet, yeah, because the, the, uh, we were talking about, you know, the entrepreneur, or people like us, you know, you start to look back and think, you know, well, well, maybe I'm not good enough, and you have those PR assets and all that, mm-hmm. and that's one way. But if you're in the middle of going into a big sales presentation or whatever it is, you know, you've got the PR assets you can look back and say, yeah, I've done some pretty cool stuff. But what are some other ways in those moments, you know, even if you're just going on a TV or if you're going into a sales presentation, what's the way to do like an express calm? during any kind of crisis well I mean Rick you, you probably experienced well you did you you and your producer experienced this when we first connected today um, I'm obviously not much of a shrinking violet I came in and I, I I just laid it out here hey this is me I'm Alex I'm a goof we were laughing within 30 seconds yeah, I we think. Were. Yep. yeah and, and I, that was just my way signaling to you that I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in my part of the bargain here I mean you're I'm not just kind of supine while you throw questions at me and then I like give you answers and oh you know I'm an active part of this conversation like it should be right well that's the way I view a sales presentation I can't say who it was but it was a very large narrative national, uh, well, they were regional, but now they're national chain uh, related to fitness. And that's all I can say. <laughs> and they were doing some stuff. I can't say anywhere. I'm going to get in trouble. They were doing some some stuff. They were growing and they they needed my help in my in my market area. OK, to do some stuff. And they were on an extremely tight timeline. And I was to meet with a CEO who, as we know about CEOs, and that's it's not a not a jab at all, but they are busy people. They do not have time for any BS. But the first thing I did was what I, probably what I did with you. I walked in and just tried to bring the temperature of the room down a little bit and just kind of offer a, what you see is what you get with me. I didn't go in so goofy that he thought, oh, this guy's an idiot, you know, but he, I came in and I was warm. I smiled. Um, you know, that like, it sounds so corny, but, you know, smiling does boost how you feel in your confidence and, make, sure and it, it makes everybody yeah. around you unless you're yep. smiling like you know the joker and then that scares people he's like, eh, well, like you don't Chandler want that, from friends when he goes to take a fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so i i mean that sounds I'm glad so to do this on video now <laughs> I <laughs> I can see this. People like what and uh, yes and you're welcome to my world headquarters these days it's anyway but i i um I'll tell you, I'll tell you that that kind of thing right there, just being yourself. And but that's the key, though, if your personality is not one where you do that, where you don't come in and act like this is, um, you know, old friend week or whatever, um, that's OK, too. But but it's hard enough to come in and project an air of confidence. And it's hard enough to come in and meet somebody new, especially if you're trying to get them to hire you or buy your product. It's hard enough. If you, but if you add on all the other stress, you add on a layer where you have to have this mask just to just to get in the door. So what I ask you to do, what I ask people who work with me, um, back back when our agency we we were a little larger a few years ago, but we we kind of went virtual and, and now we've got people, but it's not quite the same as when we had six people under one roof. But but what I tell people who are working with me are trying to get some business development. I'm like, just just be yourself, and it sounds so corny, but but go in there, be yourself, and be yourself, and be armed with the under- understanding and the knowledge that you have value to offer but you you go in and you're not just offering that value but you're also listening you're you are listening at least twice as much as you're talking so you can identify what the person across the table from you needs and what you can do to fulfill those needs i know that sounds like a lot of 
really salesy stuff in a way, but it's worked for me. I just try to be myself and I listen for what do they need. Like right now I'm looking at you, Rick, and you're saying, what I need is for Alex to stop talking for a second. So I'm gonna stop, see? <laughs> no, dude, you're good. You're good, because my, my next, uh, I, I was gonna switch topics in just a minute here, just to kind of tag off of that. No, you're you're fantastic, man. Everybody needs to grab onto what you're saying because it's, it's where everybody's at right now. You know, yeah. And they're taking a look at what's happened this year, you know, and some are up, some are down, but regardless of where you're at and where you've landed in six months after this whole crisis started, you're going to need to have a plan to move forward and you're going to need a way to continue to deal with things and a way to continue to grow. And if you haven't invested in PR yet, this really is kind of maybe your next step. You know, and start devoting some of the resources that you have, the financial resources towards that and watch it build because it's never going to build until you actually start in the first place. That's the best advice that I can give anybody is that, you know, I I waited way too long personally to start building a personal brand and start diving into PR and media because I see where I could have been, you know, years back if I would have just done it, you know, and not thinking of the mindset, which is what I had. Oh, well, when I have the money to do this, then I'll do that. No, you have to set that up side from the very beginning that's the best advice i can give anybody with this from your lips to god's ears because pr is often viewed as a nice to have um now i'm not telling you that it's more important than your 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 finance department but it's it's a very important part of what you're doing if you especially if you're trying to grow and build a brand because what pr people what competent good solid pr people and pr agencies can do for you is there's a couple of three things i like to tell people i do if it's okay i'll just share what those are one of them is i help you see around corners and that sounds funny but what i mean by that is uh we're big into crisis planning, crisis comm planning, but the biggest part of crisis comm planning is to not have a crisis. And one way to do that is what I call seeing around corners. And I have a lot of clients who I don't hear from very often. They'll just say, then I'll hear from out of the blue, hey, listen, we're thinking about doing a new announcement about this thing. And and I'm not sure about how the internal comms should be handled. Can we show you our email and what we're going to say at the meeting? And would you just give us your thoughts? And I'll go through it and I'll say, here, this could be perceived this way. You might want to change this up here. Do you remember what you guys did six months ago when you said that to the media and the CEO? was interviewed and I set that up and he said something about we're not gonna we're not gonna lay anybody off but you just did okay let's work on that also that guilty was, those, unsend yeah. unsend, <laughs> unsend. <laughs> wait that's so, not so a that, thing <laughs> what that's <laughs> so that's a good one so there's one thing I do but the other thing we do is we we can be, especially if, if you're in your your beginning stages, we can help you again back to story. Listen to your story. Tell me where you want to go. Then tell me what assets you have. And then tell me about the talents that are available to you and uh, where your unique place in the market is. And maybe we can work on developing a story together. And then I can help you track through that as you grow. And even if it's not me, we can create we can create that story and create those documentations that you need to show people in the future when you eventually have so many people under your uh, that you've hired that you hire your own public relations or communications person, but that person can then shepherd your story through. So those are a couple of things that PR can do for you. But I, I would caution everybody to understand too that we're we're not magic. Um, we, you know, I've had I had a guy. If you don't mind, I'll tell you a quick story. Please. I had a guy. He called me about three or four months ago. I'm not gonna, I, I don't even remember who he is, I don't, but I, so I couldn't tell you. So folks, if you're listening and you think I'm talking about somebody, you know, you, you probably don't. He called me up and he said, uh, well, Except where were the local, guy. unless you're that guy. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, 
<laughs> no, I'm not going to say. Um, so he calls up and he says, he says, well, look, I'm looking for some PR. And I'm like, well, okay, you come to the right place. You know, I'm just laughing, but okay. And I said, what's going on? I said, well, we're going to create some hand sanitizer. It's not what we normally do, but we're going to create some hand sanitizer and we're going to donate some to a local charity. And I was like, well, that's fantastic. That's really great. And now this was about a, three weeks after everybody started doing that. That's the first thing. The timing wasn't incredible, but I said, okay, tell me more. What charity? He tells me the charity. I'm like, well, that's pretty good. And I said, so how much? How much what? Well, how much are you going to donate? Oh, just like a maybe a case. I'm like, well, how big is a case? He says, well, you know, it's about 24 units. I said, well, how big are the units? Are they a gallon or something? He said, no, they're like a little pump bottle. So I'm like, okay. Uh, okay. And he said, and I said, um, I mean, it's nice that you're doing that. You might want to up it, maybe a, maybe a big barrel or something or several gallons or something. And he's like, well, I'll think about that. He says, but I, I need to get to how much you're going to charge me. And I said, I said, oh, okay, that's fine. I said, well, um, here's my typical ballpark project rate to do something like this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he says, what? And here's the amount. And I told him, he says, okay, then how many media uh, appearances do we get out of that? I said, well, I don't know if you'll get any, uh, but that's just what you're paying me to give you the best possible shot of getting a media appearance. He got outraged and said, well, why should I pay you for something that is not even guaranteed? And I said, well, I understand if you feel that way, but the only way I can guarantee you a media hit is if I own the TV station or I buy an ad on your behalf. But what I can do, again, is tell that story in such a way and use the contacts I have and the experience I have to find a place to maybe get that story placed a couple of times. But the guy just was outraged. He raised his voice at me. He said, well, this is you're just stealing from people. And he hung up. That's fantastic. That's okay. Then he's not. He's just not the right client for you. It's as simple as that. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I tell that to illustrate, though, Rick. That's just PR is not a guaranteed science. But, but, uh, and there are some firms that do kind of a pay for play model. Uh, God bless them if they can afford to do that. It, I, I am a small shop. My opportunity costs are huge. If I take you on as a client, I have to be just like an attorney. I mean, do attorneys win every case? You've got to pay them either way. The doctor may not cure you. Guess what? You got to pay them either way, right? So. I think people kind of forget that when they hear PR because they think again back to what I said previously. Well, PR is kind of a nice to have or it's a fluffy thing. And, you know, it sounds like a scammy thing if, if I can't guarantee them a placement. So I, it's part of what I'm doing. I'm glad you give me a moment on your show to express that to people that, you know, we're not trying to be scammy by any means, but we're a profession just like the law or like an accountant. I mean, it's not your accountant's fault typically if you get audited. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. But um, whether you win or lose an audit, not necessarily their fault. I mean, we're a professional service. Sometimes we hit, sometimes we don't. I get you. You're, you're bringing it right back to the very first question, which is what does public relations mean to you? You know, and that, that's I think you just expanded upon that, too, because it really depends. And there has to be the right expectation set, no matter what kind of service you provide. Yeah. You know, and right. before we in the last five minutes here, what I would love to talk about, because you have two podcasts, right? I, you're on my show right now. Obviously, I have one, too. It, it seems like there's been two things since this whole crisis this year has started is that everybody and their mom, literally sometimes their mom, have started a podcast and everyone else is like, oh, I think it's time to write that book that I've been thinking about for 10 years. And everybody tells me I should write a book because I've got an amazing story and I'm going to do this and I'm going to sell a million copies of this thing. And I, I look at them and I'm just taking my head and it's like, you're doing this because people are telling you to, or you're doing this just because what's the outcome that you want from your book? And you've written a, a series, you know, a pretty successful series. And I have other friends that are on the New York Times 
bestseller list, USA Today bestseller list. And I look at them, it's like they had a specific goal and outcome in mind. You know, but what's the process? And are there ways that you would either encourage or discourage somebody from writing a book? Oh, boy. Well, It's a okay, tough one, and, man. I'm, I'm digging deep yeah. on this. I'm not well, going to talk about the po- podcast is easier to answer for real because anybody yeah, could, you yeah. know, could pick up a microphone and start talking and they'll give up in three tries. <laughs> for the yeah, most part, they, they will. The average podcast is like do. less than seven episodes, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. So that's fine. Go ahead. Try it. But a book, it's like everybody just like grabs onto this idea. It's like this book is going to change the world. Yeah, yeah, and my just so you, my, all of my books except one have been fiction or fiction related. I did do one on crowdfunding that did rather well, but uh, for me, but and I, that does not mean New York Times bestseller, but it was it did for me, it did nicely. But but uh, a commitment to a book, you know, in particular, I think if we're talking about a business book or a book that you think, well, I'm going to give you all my experience the, of my life. And yeah, I'm pretty put much it nonfiction one, is what everybody's thinking about telling their story, right? right? Yeah, put it, put it into a tome and yeah, and offer it up. And you know, I've interviewed dozens of authors on both of my shows and you know the ones that I've interviewed consistently the thing is that they have had a passion to do it Um, almost none of them wrote up quickly Um, it was like pulling teeth because they were what too busy doing the thing they actually do best but they just felt that they did have like you Rick you know they have so much to offer people Um, they want to of course burnish their brand but the idea though that maybe you've been doing things for a couple years and you're clicking along it's growing the idea that well I better cobble together all these blog posts or all these podcasts transcripts into a book Um, I think that shows I think it's uh I don't think it's going to be very beneficial for you. I I view like I've been kicking around. I've been doing PR obviously for almost 30 years and I've been kicking around the idea of, of a book. I mean, I just interviewed Mark uh, Witt who is at the University of Kentucky. He's been a PR leader for over 35 years and he just wrote a best-selling book on PR that's fantastic. And what he didn't do, he didn't write a memoir. You know what he did? He just wrote a book full of helpful information, anecdotes, essays, things that can help people who do my job find inspiration, find some tips that will help them do their do their work, but also to remind them that it is a profession. I think, so I guess, sorry for the circuitous answer, Rick, but I think that it's gotta be really burning a hole in you to write a book. And if you're doing it just simply to make money, forget it usually. Um, but if you decide to get on the speaking circuit and you are going on the speaking circuit, a book is a nice thing to have. It's a nice leave behind. If Even if you don't do a physical book, a good ebook is a nice thing to give people like hand out a business card and say, visit my site. You get their information. They'll get a free copy of your book or maybe they pay a few bucks. But yeah, I would just say this writing uh, and I'm a professional writer. That is the key. That's my degree. That's what I've been doing my whole life. I love to write. And if you don't love to write in particular, you're going to find writing a book to be epic torture. But I mean, I all I wish you all the best if you want to. If it's burning a hole in you, you will get it done. For sure you will. And I see a book because I've, I've written one book and then I've got the PR firm that I'm looking to bring in. They're like, you need to write two more and we need to do a 2.0 of what you wrote. You know, and they're looking at making it something pretty big now because yeah. it's actually a decent book. You know, go figure. But I didn't write it to make money off of it. Right. <laughs> I, I wrote it to be another marketing asset, another PR asset that's in that's in my my, my whatever it is, my quill. There we go. I'm trying right, to find yeah, the word here. Yeah, so if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see me 
making these hand gestures. I'm like, what is this thing that I put behind my head? Yes, but it's I the book was meant for like credibility, and that was actually something that gave me the instant credibility to even get on TV in the first place. You know, wow. and it was interesting, you know, because but I mean, you don't necessarily need that, but it was just something, and I had stories in me, and I didn't actually even sit down and write it. I got it done in three weeks because I was able to hire somebody who I just told the stories to uh, and they had it good. transcribed and still 95% of the words are my original words in my book. It's just they moved things around and it was an amazing experience because they were able to, and I would encourage anybody to do this, you know, because yeah. I don't consider myself a writer, but I am an author, right? I'm a content creator and this was right. another piece of content for me was my book and having somebody be able to even take me back in those stories or if, a, if you have a concept, a nonfiction concept or whatever and say, well, go back to this moment when this individual was saying this to you say it in their voice with their vocal inflections and I'll never forget this because it was an amazing experience almost cathartic in a way because I became that person and it extracted so much more detail out of the story in that moment and what they were doing and how I had like a coach to take me through the the authoring not the writing but the authoring of my very first book you know and now having that experience I feel like I can even help somebody else do the same thing because I was being interviewed it's almost like what we're doing right now you know and I'm asking you questions and you're telling me stories the whole time yeah, and, and I bet it's just like, you know, you're talking about how you write your emails and they're so conversational. Yeah. So your book reads just, it's just like talking to you. Now, look, I, I got to say, that's a great point. If you can do that, folks, give it a shot, especially if you have somebody, not necessarily a ghostwriter, but a, a writer who can pull things together and move it around a little bit for clarity, things like that. I think oh, I endorse that mightily. I think that'd be a, that'd be a great thing. It now, was a I fun experience, that. man. Maybe that's your next book. I don't know. <laughs> could be, could be. Right on. I see. I get that's your second piece of homework coming out of the show, right? Yeah, man. I'm telling you, I didn't think there. I'm glad I studied though. At least yeah, I, the pop for quiz, sure, my man. Alex, you're awesome, my man. We're everybody oh, can you. find you at Alex G I N K C, right? Alex G N K C on Instagram, and if you want to listen to my podcast, it's PR After Hours. You can find it at most places, or you can go to PR After Hours. Com. That's awesome. Follow Alex. Go listen to his podcast because the, the, he's a wealth of information, obviously, with everything that he said today. And just a fun dude because I've had fun, man. We've had a good time. Me too. Me too. Sweet. Thank thanks you so for much. being on, my man. My pleasure. Hey, thanks for going all in with me today. Subscribe to the show so you get the new episodes when they come out. Rate and review the show if you're listening on iTunes. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. As always, you can find links and references to anything we've talked about in this episode in the show notes. And finally, share this episode with someone who you think might be able to level up their life by listening. I am Rick Jordan, and I approve this message. We're batching now. We're doing that two days right the first week of the month, just back-to-back, man, five shows. You know, so mm. I, I pound espresso in between each show. <laughs> it's, it's just go to town. It's even, it's even worse, though, when you get a, the occasional guest who just doesn't have a lot of active conversation you're For kind of sure. maybe occasionally pulling something out <laughs> right. and you, and you, or you get the one word answer yes yep. yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> this, this is so we're already recorded this is so gonna end up at the end of the show as like a b-roll or something like that because that's it's so true this is like peeling back the curtain on podcasters man 